and welcome. Prepare your heart as we dive into the Word of God. Our desire at Beloved Church in Lena, Illinois, is to lead you into a life-changing encounter with grace and truth. Jesus Christ has a divine destiny perfectly orchestrated for those who are willing to be adventurous enough to receive His favor and blessing into their life. Our prayer is that you will allow the presence of the comforting Spirit of God to radically display the Father's love for you. You are a part of God's beloved family, and that means you are greatly loved. Now over to our guest minister for today. So I'm so honored to share. I just love sharing what the Lord is showing me um, and, and speaking to me. Um, foundationally, as we are, we as individuals and as a body corporately are journeying deeper in Christ, or whether you just came to Christ, or whether you are about to just come to Christ, this is applicable to all points of our walk in Him. And it's, I've never, I've never shared this with a group before. This is typically one-on-one discipleship stuff, one-on-two, one-on-four. Um, but I, I really feel it's vital for us in this hour, as we grow deeper in him, as brothers and sisters in Christ, and I would encourage us all to hold each other accountable, submitted one to another in love. In our grace group, which if you're not part of, I would really encourage you to plug into a grace group, and I do mean commit. We are all growing exponentially because of the combined heart for our Lord that we have. And allows us to have communication and be submitted one to another in all these areas we're about to talk about. And it bears fruit. But you gotta submit. And I know that's really not a super exciting word for all, for any of us in the world. Because the world's version of submit is totally different than the kingdom version of submit. Right? You're under my thumb. Submit. It's not it at all. Okay. So I equate using my fingers typically uh, to this three-legged journey that we're on. All three components are super important in our journey. And I usually use my fingers. And then I get teased about the way my fingers don't do what I intend sometimes. So as I was preparing my heart, even yesterday, saying, Lord, I've got to have a three-legged stool around here someplace or something I can fabricate into. And I'm just being clear. He kept telling me, don't worry about it. And I kept saying, I still kept digging around and thinking. And I got this wood stool with four on it. And I thought, you know, if I just sawzall... And then, and glue, it'll be dry by morning, I'll use that. And he kept saying, don't worry about it. So I didn't. I finally said, okay, Lord, I'll use my fingers cautiously. 
until Brother Steve walked in this morning with a three-legged stool. That's my king. That's my Lord. And you'll understand more as we go. I'm going to attempt to... No, I'm not going to attempt anything. I'm going to show you how the Lord has taught me the importance of all three components of this journey. And when you're missing one, you'll get tossed about with every breeze of doctrine, every lie from the enemy, every bit of the world that can toss you around like you're in the midst of a washing machine. Super simple, right? So, because when he handed me this, I already took one leg off. Not on purpose. It just happened. (laughs) And he got this look on his face like, okay, you need this, but I need it for that. Just hang on. It's yours. I'm just going to borrow it for a minute. And then I broke it right away. (laughs) So, I'm going to give you this example up front, and then we'll get into what I feel like the Lord wants us to to know on this. Has anybody ever sat on a three-legged stool in a milk stool, per se? Pretty darn stable. They are. You can rock around. you You can sit on one side. What? Super comfortable, super rock solid. Yes? As long as one leg's not shorter than another. Or you're on uneven ground. So, what happens if you're trying to do it on two? On your face? On the back of your head? Or if it's the side, it's the same thing. You're just landing on the side of your head. Now, even as much as I want to think it would be okay if I popped that off, I won't. So use your imagination the same. He said I could. Now, stand on one leg. You're going to get tossed to and fro by every bit of bad doctrine, every lie from the enemy, through the world that we live in but we're not of. I wonder if there's fast enough drying glue I can glue these back on by tonight and break them off on purpose. Picture this in your mind. Don't let this go away. When the Lord gave me this years ago, it's never left my mind and He's reminded... That allows the Holy Spirit to go, hey, remember that? Because I don't want to be tossed to and fro. I don't even want to rock. I want to stand on God's promises. I want to stand on His Word. Knowing all the time it's yes and amen. And be solid as a rock in Him. Brother, thank you. Are you laughing because you know what my password is now? Okay. (laughs) I heard that. I can tell which keys those are. 
Pastor Steve's in a series of the superhero within. If you've not heard them all, Rumble, YouTube, truly, grab this. It's who you are. We are all superheroes in our Father's eyes. And if you think any different of yourself, you need to begin to teach yourself who you are in the Father's eyes above yours. It's called dying to the flesh. Bringing your soul under submission. The passion that is in our very spirits has great, overwhelming, agape love for God in it. To bring the dead to life in Jesus, to share the glorious things he's done to and through us. Anybody in here who has had their life radically transformed by Jesus? For real. That, right there, doesn't that make you want to share with everybody that will listen? It's more times women than men that say, oh, will you agree in prayer with me? Will you pray for my lost daughter, son? And it's not a bad thing. But it's because of that passion that's in them that their children would walk where they're walking. That's a human thing. Once you're in Christ, you can't help but want everybody to be where you're at. Because you've been set free. You're walking in liberty even if you just came to Christ. That passion, that zeal. Because we want everyone to enjoy His love that we experience and know. It comes from the Spirit of Christ that resides in us. One of the components of discipleship is kind of a big one. And it's teaching us It's helping us understand what to do with that passion and zeal. How to do, do the Word. And part of that is sorting through all of these passions, excitements, exuberance, testimonies, so that we can apply them to the world and each other in the way the Father created us to do. And I know some people, they tamp it down for so long, or they believe the lie, I'm just an introvert. Oh, that's for them. I I haven't taken that. Yeah, maybe if I do a three-year thing, 
or a 10-year study or, you know, once I get to the point that I can, I'm going to... Okay? That's not what Jesus taught. That is in you for a reason to be shared and to keep you driving deeper in him as an individual. God's fire with, within us is many times referred to biblically as passion or zeal. Reinhard Bonnke said it this way, What does fire mean related to God? For one thing, it is a fundamental aspect of his nature, full of a driving purpose, zeal, and passion. Purpose. Will. His will for you and your steps. Whatever God does is characterized by fire. A red hot burning desire. Nothing he does is ever the result of a casual whim. It is never incidental and it is never run of the mill. All his works have the heat and weight of eternity behind them. I don't know when Reinhard said that or who he was addressing when he said that, but boy, that would get in some people's sandboxes a little bit in some ways. If you don't know who Reinhard Bonnke is, he's a man that's residing in glory right now with our Father, worshiping and praising and brought countless millions to Christ in the continent of Africa, who spoke true fire and repentance, and extreme signs, wonders, and miracles followed him everywhere he went. Tremendous man. And a tremendous story to understand all of the setups that happened so that he would be in Christ and be walking out the reason he was created. Fabulous. Fabulous man of God. It's, it's why we know that we know that we know that we know that. That's the place that passion and zeal comes from. That we're deeply loved. It all stems from God's love for us so that we can love on those around us. Matthew 6.33 Now we're going to get into application. Is that okay? Okay. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first. Seek ye first. I know, but I got to go make the donuts. Well, it's only once a week that shows on. I'm not dissing anything. I'm not, I'm just going to give examples, okay? Nobody's going to get upset. I can give examples? Okay. It's the biggest game of the year. Well, I get to, you know, God gave me those golf clubs, and I, I know it's Wednesday night and there's Grace Group, but it's the first nice night we've had. I'm going golfing. Okay. It's okay. It, it's okay. There's no guilt and condemnation associated to these choices we all make. But his word tells me if I seek him first 
and his righteousness that that's what I pursue that's what I I hope you'll pursue and we have a great time we have a lot of fun together I, I love hearing about all the stuff and things we're all doing as a family apart and as friends as brothers and sisters Enjoying time together is a beautiful thing. Yet, does that supersede you seeking the kingdom of God first? Can we go back to that balance in the stool thing? Why do we seek Him first? Second Chronicles 16.9, please. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Herein thou hast done foolishly, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. It's all a matter of the heart. Have you killed your flesh enough yet that your heart can be fully seeking Him first above all else? Breaks my heart every time I read this. Since I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, it literally brings me to tears every time I read this scripture. Because our King, our Creator has to look for us. How can that be? I know for myself... I want to change that in any way I can and bring so many people to Christ and get them baptized in the Holy Spirit that he can stop searching the whole world and go, whoa, there's a whole group over here. Oh, look at this whole group over here. I do. Because that's his heart. Is that all would come to him through Christ. Evangelism is a big deal. And it's not just for one. It's us. It's us. We'll get to that. He will meet you right where you are in all of these things. If right now that means you can give up a, mm, awesome. He's going to meet you right there. Just like he met you in your muck and mire when you came to Christ. Didn't matter. He's right there all the time. Let him organically draw you into this stuff. But first and foremost, you've got to be yielded to him fully. Or he's a respecter and he loves you. He will not push you into something that's not his heart for you. Psalm 119, 2 through 3. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with their whole heart. Hold right there a minute. Seek him with the whole heart and keep his testimonies. What did the disciples and the apostles preach that changed the world up until this very moment that allows us to change the world from this moment forward through their Testimonies of Jesus. Yes? 
They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. That happens organically. It happens naturally. Well, I can't do that anymore because I'm not supposed to. Okay, there is some of that. You should be able to control your flesh that way. It's not the Father's heart that I do that. But some of the other things, including our mindset and the softening of our heart, happens very much organically. And even when a thought rises in your mind that doesn't match the Father's heart for you, the Holy Spirit will be right there to go, really? Or, I mean, he talks to everybody different. Are you sure you want to do that? I I may or may not have had a uh, 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 um, once or twice. I knew. In a heartbeat. But he'll draw us into that place, and it's not sweating and toiling. It's from a place of rest. His burden is super light, and his yoke is really easy. We make it difficult. We make it tough. Because we refuse to give him our, our whole heart. Anytime one of those three components is missing in my life, I don't have enough time to get to scriptures today. I don't have enough time to spend in conversation constantly, which happens 24-7. But I don't have enough designated time to still my body and shut off and not worry about the things of the world. Or I don't have time to minister to someone, to return a phone call, to make that Zoom, to do whatever that is. Or I go in the grocery store and I'm in a hurry. When I'm in a hurry or when I'm hungry is God's favorite time to stop me in my tracks. I got lots of hangry testimonies and it's awesome and I love it. And it's so funny I can laugh at myself about it. Because it's part of my flesh that's not totally dead yet, apparently. (laughs) We have a brother and a glorious family. I can't wait to see you guys. The Millers up in North Dakota, where I think there's still a bunch of snow on the ground. Kevin is writing a book that I know will be on our free materials, and it'll be outstanding. Um, Regarding this three parts of this journey. And, yeah, I may be pushing you a little bit there, bro, because I love you. Know what the Bible says. Hold what the Lord says in high regard. Trust what the Bible says over what man says. Everything from God will align with his word. Do the mission of Jesus. Obey what the Lord commanded us to do. Did you make him your Savior or Savior and Lord? In America, we have a hard time with that Lord thing. We have a really hard time with that kingship thing. Well, I 
that's like my boss. Nope. If you love him, obey him. Third component, be in a relationship with God. Pray, worship, talk to him, and listen. Maybe right to that duct tape thing again. Do you make time to be with him or just ask him for stuff? If you love God, you'll make time for him. Truth. How many are reading the Bible in a year, along with Andrew and all of us? Amen. It really blessed me last week when Pastor Steve said he was just a tick behind, because I'm a tick behind right now. It's not that I'm not in the Word every day, but I'm a tick behind on that read the Bible in a year thing. And there will be time this week in Jesus' name, and I will be caught up. John 1 1, please. At 11 11, John 1 1. Huh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So, we're children of the Most High King, we are kings and priests. Why do we struggle to consume his word? Why is it a fight to, to, to consume his word? I love his word. And we don't have to carry around anything but this. Now, I, I have a Bible all marked up that sits next to my chair, and I love it. And I write lots of notes in it. Because religion would have you set it in a special place, never make a jot or a tittle in there. Yeah, I can't buy that. That's his word. And I need, I, at the moment, need some remembrances of revelation I had as I was reading or meditating on that scripture. And there's notes and different colored highlights. Sidebar. Some highlighters may bleed through to the other side. Which would cause you to like really spend a few minutes and go, which did I? Oh, that's really good too. Oh, Lord, that's awesome. But anyway, we don't have to carry around a suitcase like 20 years ago with a concordance and three or four different commentaries, translations in. And do it right here. So we have no excuse. Now, for me personally, I sit with my Bible and either my laptop or my phone right next to me. Now I can be right into the concordance and I can flip a version and read it in two or three or four versions, i.e. commentaries, conversation for later, but so that the Holy Spirit in my understanding can breathe life into that scripture so it can be revelatory to me. That's what reading the words about to me. I know we, we go after a lot of Greek, and I love that. And in men's, if you're not involved, you need to plug in. Yeah, you, you're, yeah. anyway. We're having a lot of aha moments, huh, brother? Yeah, we are. We are going through the Word as men of God 
to be who we were created to be. It's a big deal. And I can't imagine that Miss Kay and the women's aren't doing the same thing in that same way through the teachings they're doing to become the women of God they were created to be. Based on the word. I would encourage you when you read the scriptures to read it out loud. Well, that takes more effort. Yep. My, fight, my flesh fights it sometimes too. Especially early morning. But read it out loud. Why? Ready? What are we trying to bring into control? Our soul. Right? So if we read it, it went through once. There, take that soul. That's who I am. That's the truth of the Lord. This is what the Lord says in this environment. But if I read it out loud, aren't you actually, and I'm not a scientist and I never played one on TV or a medical doctor. But if I'm reading it and my brain is processing it through my eyes to my brain and my soul either came in alignment or not with it in that moment, I just nailed it twice because I spoke it out and my ears heard it and it got processed through a completely different spot in my brain and my soul got the double whammy on it. I listen to the word a lot as well. And with these little devices, we have these apps that, huh, huh, we have these little apps that will play the scriptures to you. And I know a bunch, don't raise your hands. I know a bunch of people have to have white noise while they sleep. And I beg to differ greatly on that topic. If you want to know about that, I'd love to have a discussion with you about that. Rest does not involve white noise. But, more times than not, I listen to scriptures when I sleep. I learned that process in the late, uh, probably mid-80s, when I heard some really smart person that actually had degrees um, citing Chinese studies where they were teaching geometry and trigonometry to babies in mom's wombs. What? For real. Once these kids could speak, they knew what they'd been taught. And I went, oh, wait a minute. Okay, so in Chicago and in our area as well, there was a radio station and it had this guy on at night named Dr. Milton Rosenberg. And over the years, I heard Dr. Milt interview Pavarotti, Henry Kissinger, and everybody in between. In really great, thought out, information was shared on a myriad of subjects. I think it was two hours. And I went to sleep listening to that every night because of that study I had heard. And I learned so much about so much stuff while I rested. While my, now, now put the kingdom principle to that. While we rest and our flesh is out of the way, isn't that a great time for the Holy Spirit? I'd encourage you to submit that time to him in a purposeful way. Use me while I sleep. Fill me while I sleep. Listen to his word. His word is his will for you. 
Many of us don't use that verbiage correctly. I want to know the Father's will. Well, have you searched the Bible? His will's through the Bible, throughout. Every bit of it. It's his counsel for you. Make it yours. When you're reading the word, make it yours. His promises for you and your life and all the lives on the planet. It's the basis for all revelation, the very foundation for revelation for you to land on. So you have a thought. The Holy Spirit gives you a revelation. You go, hey, I never thought about it that way before. How does that line up with the Word? If you don't know the Word and you're not in the Word, you're never going to know if that was the enemy, the world. Again, same, same thing, right? Yes? Okay. Right? Something some dead man said to you that you believed in your soul? If you can't test it with the Father's Word and it doesn't line up, then it's not of Him. Or, or maybe you're just figuring out how to hear the Lord in His nuances the way He speaks to you. So you take it back and forth or you have that discussion with who's discipling you. I know. That is where I started saying in my own journey, who said that? Anybody here ever heard me say that? I encourage you, use it. Who said that? Psalm 119, please. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Remember, sin is what? Missing the mark. mark. That's all. We get, I had, and I'm still in process of getting rid of, all the things that were pointed out as sin throughout my journey. Well, that's sin. Oh, that's sin. That's sin. That's sin. That's sin. That's sin. That's... How about burying his word in your heart and then allowing the Holy Spirit to say, um, you know, really, is that best for you? How does that serve me? How does that serve me? I thought you said you were fully yielded and you wanted to do anything I wanted you to do. How can you do that while you're doing that? How can you do that under the influence of that? How can you do that while your heart is tied to that? Or your flesh is tied to that? I know. Questions lead to questions for me. Who needs a lamp under their feet to show them the steps in this journey? We already talked about God's will in the scripture, right? He'll tell you. But I really enjoy the lamp unto my feet for the momentary steps. What could be easier than allowing his word and the Holy Spirit to light every step, every moment of every day? 
And it truly is as easy as asking. And then once you get in the groove of it, it's a constant. And you may even be grooving along and go, oh, oh, wait, that was a quick stop. What am I doing, Lord? What, what really do you want right now? Because I thought I was going toward that. Because this communication with the Lord brings you to a place that it's a constant communication. Even if you're doing things and stuff, I know, but I gotta go throw 150 bales of hay. I gotta go wash 37 tons of dishes. I've gotta go, right, right, because you're physically not capable of doing something and seeking Him and His heart in all things. That's a lie. I personally couldn't live without that lamp under my feet or I would be a hot mess. Exposing the trap sticks of the enemy. Showing me the really easy way so I can walk around and know that I know that I know that I know that that mountain is going to break. That mountain is going to crumble in front of me. It's going to. It's going to be like a hot knife through butter. How do I know that? Because I know my Father's will for me. That unshakable, unwavering faith in His Word causes us to be able to say that in a way we can't without it. Anybody? He shows us His heart in our journey and His heart for those we encounter. Hebrews 4.12, please. For we have the living word of God, which is full of energy. Do you ever read the word and get really super excited? Whoop, 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 whoop. Yes! That, right there. Because the energy, the life that's in the word connects with the Holy Spirit. The mind of Christ that's in you and the spirit that's in you. And it can't stop it. But be excited and enthused. Like a two-mouthed sword. It will even penetrate the very core of your being where your soul, spirit, bone, and marrow meet. It intercepts and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of your heart. All those little places, well, I, you know, it's just a thing. I can, I can, it's okay. I haven't been convicted to get rid of that yet. Well, does it line up with his will? The word will lead you deeper in him by himself, by itself, if your if your heart is in the right place to receive it. Has anyone else read the Bible at some point and gone? I know, because I've heard a bunch of the testimonies. That may have been a little bit of a setup. But for real. All the time. Quite literally, that should be all the time. Because that's revelation coming. That's you going, oh, Lord, you're so good. Let it take you to a place of snot and tears. It should, sometimes. The relationship between our soul and our spirit is like the relationship with our joints and marrow. The marrow of the bones is where blood is produced. 
But all the bones of the body are joined together by joints. Without joints, the body wouldn't be able to function the way it does. Like that, our born-again spirits are the life-giving part of us. We're a three-part being, right? Body, spirit, soul. But our spirits are connected to our bodies by our souls. What do we keep teaching and what does the Bible tell us we're supposed to do with our souls? Put it in submission to our spirit. Kill our flesh, our soul's flesh. Therefore, the renewing of our minds is essential to release the life that is in our spirits. Romans 12.2. Thank you, Mary. I know there's a ton of them. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How does that happen? The Word. That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect, there we are again, the will of God. Do you see this thread with the will of God today in his heart? It's awesome. Be purposeful about your time in the Word. Just you in the Word. If you're married, you need to be together in the Word, but you also, as individuals, need to be in the Word by yourself. You need to have your own relationship with the Lord and as a couple have a relationship with the Lord. So all of these components, these three components, I'm going to do my darndest to go through in Jesus' name are important to us as individuals, yet as a couple, it needs to be rock solid as well. Be doers of the word, not just talkers, or... Dun-dun-dun-dun. Here's... Oh, that was a great word, brother. Well, I'm awesome you thought that was a great word. Let me see the fruit of that word in your life. You guys, we are so blessed to have the worship team that we have. And not just those that worship here, but y'all as you worship passionately. You draw everyone into that place. That's being who you were created to be. That's stewarding what the Lord has made you to be. To be a doer of the word, sometimes this excites me just a little bit. Not to be off balance on my three, but doing the word is so vital and it's so not done. So I hope I'm going to be able to paint the picture of No, I don't hope nothing. I am going to paint a picture of doing the Word in a way you may not have thought of before. Because, indeed, it's evangelism to, to the dead men, bringing them alive, right? But we got to do the Word in ourselves first. It doesn't take six years 
20 years. This is a 50-yard, this is not a 50-yard dash, it's a journey. Yet, we can bring people to Christ as quickly as we come to Christ because we can share that revelation that brought you to that place with them and bring them to the Lord. Wait. You mean I can do the word right after I come to Christ? Yeah, so what's your excuse after 37 and a half years? Not anybody here. I'm absolutely convinced. that, that But it's a big deal. John 4, 23, please. Ha. Make this a line of demarcation. Make this a line in the sand in your journey. From here on. From here on. Worshiping the Father will not be a matter of being in the right place. We have awesome worship as a body. I'm just going to tell you. Brother, you know my heart, so I don't even need to say this. I won't. I have awesome worship at home by myself. And pretty soon, Allie will be at home worshiping with me. And it'll be just as awesome. Why? Because we were created to be worshipers. And I love my king, and I worship him. Worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. In this covenant, it's all a matter of the heart and putting our heart in the right place. For God is a spirit, and he longs. Huh. He so longs and desires to have sincere worshipers who worship and love him, adore him in the realm of spirit and truth. He wants to love you while you're worshiping. Why? Because your flesh is out of the way. He wants to love you when your flesh is in the way. If you just get the heck out of the way. 24, please. 24, please. Oh, it's a 23 and 24. Well then, okay. I know the passion so well. So, in this portion, in this leg of the stool, we're talking about being doers. Worshiping is being a doer, yes? Huh. Those are times of true intimacy. There were some that were absolutely blessed this morning that, were, that put themselves in the place that they had deeper revelation of just how deep and personal his love was for them as an individual. Give our bodies as living sacrifices. In our minds, I think we draw that to a place that I'm going to go lay on the altar and have your way, Lord, or, okay, it's that. But how about I'll sacrifice that 15 minutes to go pray with this woman that's limping or that guy that looks like he's having an issue or 
well, I feel I should call. I don't have time right now. I'll call him tomorrow. Our actions with our family members, with our friends, with our spouses, with our family, with our co-workers, with everyone we encounter moment by moment, are we doing his word? Romans 12.1, please. Beloved friends, don't you love it when scripturally we're addressed directly? What should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices, and live in holiness. Experience all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. So it's not just singing. That's what I'm really trying to drill in. Doing his word is being a worshiper. And it's not just singing, although it's singing. I'm really happy and excited the clock is right by that screen back there. <laughs> James one twenty two, please. <clears throat> Again. It's not just me that jumps up and down and says, do the word, do the word, do the word, do the word, do the word. It's him. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You're just kidding yourself. Well, but I, and I checked the box and I went on that outreach. I know. We deceive ourselves so quickly. That's why our soul's got to die. It's got to align with the Word of God. It has to. In order to walk this out, we deceive ourselves so quickly and so simply, and it's such a familiar voice in our heads. Wow, we'll just get to that next time. 1 Peter 4. Since Christ suffered in his flesh for you, now you must be a prepared soldier, having the same mindset, for whoever has died in his body is done with sin. Again, missing the mark, not not guilt and condemnation, but those places where we miss the mark. So live the rest of your earthly life no longer consumed, concerned, Consumed, though, works as well. With human desires, but with what brings pleasure to God. How do we know what brings God pleasure? 
The Word. The Word. The Word. Galatians 5.17, please. For the flesh lusteth, can you tell it was King James? Lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. We're back to that arguing, virtually, to put it in verbiage, to that battle for you. For that battle your soul is waging against the spirit that resides in you. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led by the spirit, ye are not under the law. You know, one of the biggest parts of that, that for me in my journey was, You realize there's no I in that? There's no me? Well, I think, oh, do you? What's the Word say? What's the Holy Spirit telling you? Well, I need to... Okay. Go ahead. It's all right. We are what we behold. We all know this, right? How about then beholding what the Lord says you are, what the Lord created you to be, what His will, what the Word and what the Spirit will plant in you as opposed to what the world has tried to conform you or your parents have tried to conform you or your friends have tried to conform you or the media has tried to conform you or the tyrannical governments have tried to conform you. We're in this world, but not of it. Matthew 28, please. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon, Barjonia, a flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. So he didn't know in the flesh. He knew in the spirit. Yes? He knew because he spent time with his Father. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged his disciples. Nope. He didn't make them take out the credit card. He didn't give them a bill. He told them. Are we disciples of Jesus? 
for real. We're charged that they should tell no man that there was, then charged his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go on to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, the chief priests, the scribes, and to be killed and raised on the third day. Use Jesus as a model for why we need to be discipled. That inner circle and the questions that got answered, the statements that got made, those emoji-faced moments those people had with him. You can't disciple if you're not being discipled. The disciples all had disciples. Did, did anybody catch that in the Word? Affect the world that we're in. Be a doer of the word. That's the second pillar to this journey. Yet again, with just two, it could end up on your face or on the back of your head. Intimacy with him is the third leg. Allowing him to pour into you. Just resting in Him. That's not taking a nap. Although sometimes those moments, you may get a bit seepy. It's okay. You're at that place where your mind is cleared, and that's where you want to be. With all of your heart on Him, and shutting off all of the nonsense of the world, because you don't care about what's going on on this thing, or on one of those things. We live in an environment that even environmentally it's hard sometimes to shut off the noise of the world. Sirens, bells, whistles, cars, trucks, stuff, things. So figure it out. Because you can. You can either put that noise aside and learn to control your flesh. Or I know people that use headphones. Not on. Noise canceling. Just nothing. Because they want to be able to close their eyes or they want to be able to stare into the Word or stare into a, whatever that it looks like for you. But shut off the world and all of the noise that is stopping you from resting in your Lord so that you can meditate on Him and He can pour into you. There's a lot of different words for this. Meditate, the secret place, stilling yourself, on and on and on it goes. Because our enemy is so cunning over the millennia, he's used these very scriptural heart of our father words in his other religions where they worship other gods and principalities. Meditate. I promise, if you bounce around Lena right here today and say the word meditate, people are going to go, get behind me, Satan. Meditation is not of God. Okay. Okay. 
But I'm speaking of being, so I'm, I'm speaking of just being quiet. I, myself, and I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm encouraging you to practice this as part of your journey to, to make you more rock solid in your journey. I begin by praising him in my heart. More times than not, my lips aren't moving. I've already begun to still my body, quiet my body. I'm just thanking you, Father, you're so good. You bless me so richly. And no different than taking control of your soul in other areas, this will take a minute, but it's called practicing. And it may take a half hour to kind of get to that place, and it may take just a moment. But I promise, the deeper you are in this journey and the more you seek Him and the more you get your flesh under control, the faster that will happen. So in your life, in your journey, that looks like, where's this foot go down, Lord? Show me. Boom. It doesn't take an hour of prayer. It doesn't take a week of trying to figure it out. Because you're in intimacy with the Lord. You're in constant communication. And outside of that constant communication, doing the things and stuff, you've practiced in... That immediate, wait, stop, I don't even hear that noise. Lord, show me your heart for this. Got it. What did Jesus do? He did it. How? John Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Let's back up a verse. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he had not only broken the Sabbath, this is when he was in the temple, on the Sabbath, right? But said also that God was his father. I'm so glad we can publicly proclaim our Father in this covenant. I mean, there's a lot of things that will stir up the public when we proclaim it. But we can walk around and talk about our Father in heaven all the time. Just saying the name Jesus in public will stir up the demons in people all the time. Making himself equal with God. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what so, so what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. So, I'd read that scripture a hundred and, I don't even know how many times, I'm not even going to make up a number, a lot throughout my life. Until I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit made that alive when I read that, and I got it. The example that Christ is, you need to get. How was Jesus able to say that? I only do as I see my Father doing. Well, you could say, 
I disagree with you, but it'd be a great conversation. Well, he was part of the Trinity's Godhead. Of course he knew what the Father was doing. He was a man filled with the Holy Spirit, just like us. And if you're not, today's a great day to get filled with the Holy Spirit. There are some passionate, full of zeal people that would love to baptize you in the Holy Spirit today. Okay, so. How did Jesus know that? Because he hung out with his father all the time. I've heard this taught in that, well, he went and meditated on the word. Really? So how many donkeys does the word say he had with him to carry all the scrolls? We know he knew the Torah well. He was teaching it at 13. He knew the Torah well. But it doesn't say that I do as the Torah tells me. He didn't. No, he does what he sees the father doing. You can all see what the father's desire and heart is. In every moment, in every encounter you have, every day of your life on this planet. Are you willing to do it, number one? Are you willing to succumb to it? Like I said a little while ago, sometimes it may be when you're a bit hangry because you kind of got... It may cause you to be a sacrifice because you don't get home on time. Or you don't get to watch the thing and the stuff, or you don't, but I've been waiting for months to do this. I know. Again, no guilt. You all promised you'd hear me with no guilt and condemnation. Okay. Thank, thank you, Cindy. If we don't spend time with him, how do we know what he's doing or what he wants to do? We just don't. Over the, through this process, you should, and it will be edified by the Holy Spirit, you should listen to your prayer life change. Your communication with the Creator will organically change. You don't force it. I know everybody here begins praying on Saturday night for our gathering on Sunday. Amen. Yep, and, uh, and our YouTubers too, for sure. That we're seeking the Father's heart as we gather as the body. What's your heart for us today, Lord? How are you going to use me when I'm with my family? So these are a couple of bullet points, praise God, of Jesus and his prayers. That stood out to me as I really studied Jesus only in my scripture reading. The Holy Spirit will lead you where the Father wants you to be. And for a season for me, it was only what Jesus did and said. Period. Over and over and over. And I may have whined a little bit. Oh, we're going here again today, Lord? Okay. Okay. Yep, I can do this. He found a place where he could pray alone. In desert, in desolate places, apart from everyone else, or on a mountain. He oftentimes 
prayed when it was dark. While everybody else was trying to learn to control their flesh and fallen asleep, he was off in conversation with his father, hanging out with his father. Or he got up early in the morning. Prayer formed the foundation of his walk in the flesh. And he demonstrated and spoke to knowing the Father's heart. We need to be there. We need to be there for this hour that we were chosen to be alive. To be released into this realm with the Spirit of God that resides in us. At this very moment, we need to be in that place to bring all those that are dead and coming by the millions soon. Our world's a hot mess. Anybody notice? And the information's coming forth. We are right on the precipice of people coming on bent knee, snot and tear moments, not understanding what's going on, what's been happening, and what they're going to do, and how they're going to make it work moving forward. And who has the answer, church? That's us. Because we know the Father's heart, and we know His will. These are super fun times. These are super glorious times. And it doesn't matter. As he amps it up, the enemy amps it up in the world, we got more too. We've only just gotten started. And he's already defeated, so he can't win. All we got to do is be who we were created to be, seek the Father's heart in that situation, and release it. I.e., stand and walk. Or how about when Jesus encountered the funeral procession and the woman was wailing at her son being dead? Again, I go cartoonville. I've shared that a lot here, right? I, I just do. I see it. Plain as day. And there they are, on about their journey. And these people are passing and the woman's crying and the father says, Son, please raise that boy. That woman's heart is broke. Yep, done. Why? Because he knew the father's heart. And he was open and yielded through the Holy Spirit in his flesh to do that. I love clocks. Mark 9, 28. And when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, do I, do I need to? We need to be disciples. We're all disciples of Jesus, but in the natural, don't you have questions that you want somebody to answer for you that are doctrinally and scripturally sound? Here's a perfect example of it again. His disciples asked him privately, why could not we cast him out? Why didn't that person get healed? Why didn't those demons leave that person? 
what am I not saying to this person that's going to shake them into the truth? Again, that's a borderline because you don't want to step into pride. Because you can't change somebody's heart. Only the Lord can. But you can speak truth through wisdom. Okay. And in this case, it was all about the authority they didn't know that they had yet. And he said unto them, This kind can only come forth by nothing but the prayer and fasting. Well, it didn't mean they were supposed to get on their knees and not eat for a week and then go to the boy and pray on their knees in front of him. Right? Can, can you make that conclusion? It had to do with them not dying to their flesh and knowing their identity and being one with the Father through prayer in a way they didn't understand at that moment. But it wasn't too long later that they came yippy-skippy jumping up and down. Jesus, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Right? Just talking to your Father. Does anybody have the Holy Spirit ask them questions? That lead them on rabbit trails? Yeah, for real. Hold your hands up again. Everybody that doesn't have their hand up, look around. Ask somebody what that looks like and, and when that started in their journey. Ask the questions of those that raised their hand. Uh, you know what? I want the Holy Spirit to ask me stuff. Uh, what did that look like for you? We're a family. If we can't be submitted one to another in that way, something's wrong. Because the Holy Spirit's going to ask you questions that... You either know the answer to and aren't willing to admit to yet because your soul's still in the way, or he <laughs> never. But uh, but a lot of times it's because he wants you to understand that in a deeper way, and then he wants you to start to research that in his word, in his word, and that may take asking the person that's discipling you to say, "What does that look like?" Well, I feel like the Holy Spirit's asking me this. What the heck is that? What do I do? Where do I go? Awesome. That's awesome. Because it's a journey, not a 50-yard dash. I, I remember when, when the Lord asked me, when did worship... Yep. This worshiping thing is really a big deal because it's our heart that's got to be in that place with him. And I was sitting there in the word. And right here, Holy Spirit said, when did worship become a performance? And in my infancy, just being real, I said, you know the answer to that. Why are you asking me? Okay, 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 I'll, I'll find out. I'm not sure where or how, but I will. Ask your father questions. Be specific. Lord, show me your heart for me in this. Show me what in me isn't dead so that I can walk this out in accordance with your heart and your will. Why is it, Lord, the Scriptures... Just encouraging. Why is it your word says this, yet for me, I'm not experiencing that? Why is that? How am I in the way of that manifesting? 
and then put the duct tape on your mouth and sit in quietness. I am so glad Pastor Rich wrote that in his book because, boy, do I have permission to use duct tape on the mouth now in such a grander way. What would your marriage be? What would your relationship be with your mom and dad? What would your relationship be with your children or with your boss if there was no communication? It'd be nothing. There'd be no relationship. What if it was a once a week flyby? Uh-oh. Yeah. Nobody in this house. I know. But I know some, as I'm blessed to counsel them, as couples or individuals, will say immediately the Christian thing. Oh, God comes first in my life. Awesome. As it should. I, I seek the king first above all else. For sure. Personally, let's just take a peek at that. I'm a yellow tablet guy. Okay, what time do you get up? Awesome. And how much time do you talk to your spouse in the morning? Kids? What do you listen to on the way to work? What, what do you do when you get to work and you get home and you supper and the thing and the stuff and the thing and the stuff and the. Awesome. Well, and you go to bed at what time? Awesome. Okay. So you sleep seven and a half hours every day. And you talk to your wife or your husband an hour and 45 minutes. And you talk to the guys at work for eight and a half hours. And you talk to the kids for 15 minutes, because unfortunately that's reality in the world. And where does this person that comes, this entity that comes first in your life lay into that? Well, I gotta work. Okay. For now, that whole sweating and toiling thing, it's a big deal. We got it so wrong because the world's got it so wrong and they've imparted it on us. We believe that lie. But back to the yellow tablet. Where's that time with God? Well, I read the scriptures for 15 minutes or 10. Okay, awesome. But where's that conversation? Where's time for him set apart Because in the natural, it wouldn't work. If I didn't spend time with anyone, I'd not be in relationship with them. In the world, it's even taught. In the secular world, it's taught. Communication is king. No, it's not. Jesus is king. And I choose to communicate with him above all else. What happens when we do all three parts of what the Lord has given for us to do? The three-legged stool. You can't get tossed around. You can't get tossed on your head. You become solid as a rock and move deeper in Him every moment of every day. You guys have probably heard me say, I am not the man I was when I came in here this morning. Praise God, I'm deeper in Him. 
And I'll be deeper in him tonight when I go to bed. That. That is what that three-legged stool will do. Amen. Okay, if you'd please stand up, I want to bless you. Thank you so much for sharing this time with us as we have encountered Jesus Christ through the ministry of his life-changing word. If you would like to learn more about Steve Castle Ministries and Beloved Church, you can go online to stevecastle.com or belovedchurchillinois.com. You can also contact us at 815-990-0367. Always remember that you are a part of the Beloved Family of God, and Beloved Church is the place where you are greatly loved. Now please open your heart to receive as Pastor Steve proclaims the blessing of the Father over your life. I pray, I declare that above all things that you allow the finished work of the cross to bring prosperity into your finances and also divine health prospering your body and all of these things are going to affect you in a supernatural way as you allow your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions and your personality to be perfected in prosperity that the Father desires for you to have. We love you and we cannot wait to see and be with you again soon. Goodbye, beloved.